Welcome to Seamless Tactics, where we're sharing best practices through storytelling. I am Wen Tan. This episode is brought to you by TaylorMade Solutions and the Harrisburg Region of Commerce and Credic. Their mission is to be a catalyst for dynamic job creation that seeks to improve economic growth, mobility, and vitality while enhancing the quality of life in our region, Cumberland, Dauphin, and Perry counties. This organization is the only chamber of Commerce in Cumberland, Dauphin, and Perry counties to receive the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's five-star accreditation, a level achieved by only 5% of chambers across the nation. Becoming a member will help boost your organization's success in terms of your bottom line, marketing strategy, business development, and talent recruitment. Today on the show, we're excited to have Guy Copenhaver, Chief Improvement Officer at TaylorMade Solutions. He is going to share his expertise on continuous improvement, his career, and some advice about cultivating a culture of continuous improvement. Hey, Guy, and welcome to Seamless Tactics. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Wen. How about yourself? Nothing like a little rain in central South PA. That's all I can say. Oh, it's been, you know, we've had these warm days in March, but today it's like, this is the normal March that we, I was expecting to get all year. So I'm not happy about it. I would prefer those uh, nice weather days, but you know, we are back to some semblance of a normal March here. I agree. I agree. So, um, guy share with me a little bit about your background. How did you get into continuous improvement? Oh, my or you want to know my origin story? It's like a Marvel movie. Okay. My origin story on continuous improvement. So, um, you know, it, it goes down to I had a very influential professor who, who shared with me a story about CI um, in the emergency room. And I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but the facts come down to the fact that it was a tool set that could really impact people's lives. And they had made improvements such that uh, people that were going into the emergency room were getting a better standard of care. And they were literally saving lives. And I was just, I was kind of hooked from the beginning. Um, so that that took me into, that's where my passion began. That's where it started. And from there, I started applying it, you know, as sort of a, a young buck uh, in uh, at FedEx. You know, when I was young, I was uh, throwing packages to get through school and get through college. And I had all these ideas and saw all this potential of these things that could improve. And I just started, you know, asking my bosses, you know, hey, I got these ideas. Can I make some changes? And I started throwing projects together, had some successes, had some failures, um, continued going to school for it, and eventually decided that, you know, I wanted to run my own program. So I found a job um, in, in a local manufacturing facility where I got to do that for five years and, and had a lot of impact um, on that business, a little bit on the environment because of the materials we used. And then, you know, I, I started to feel the tug of my roots, right? That that origin story of helping people um, sought out some businesses where I could, you know, get closer and have an impact on people. And then I ended up in IT. And I, uh, I've been practicing continuous improvement in IT for about uh, three and a half years now. Wow. So this is uh, this has been pretty much your entire career has been focused on continuous improvement. So... You know, would you say that like you just have a knack for it? Were you just born with that mentality, or do you think that it was just that peak interest that you heard from your professor that really jump started um, your interest or or your career in continuous improvement? You know, I, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I've always had a knack for 
optimizing things and making sure that I'm getting good value out of stuff. I think what this was, was it gave me that kind of framework and tool, set of tools to apply in the real world. So I, you could almost call it unlocking, right? Sort of that story said, oh, like, like, you know, figuring out how to solve problems and make things better can become a career. And the thing that, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I get bored, um, but I like learning new things. I consider myself a lifelong learner. And this set of tools allowed me, as you heard me describe, bounce around between three fairly distinct different industries. Um, so I'm happy, you know, to kind of be a part of and be working with uh, TaylorMade Solutions now because I get to expand even farther. So I've only experienced three industries so far, and I'm excited to bring this tool set to this organization so I can go out and I can help other businesses, other industries, um, you know, practice these things and, and make improvements um, in their organization. That's super exciting. So it sounds like, you know, you have a career passion and aligns with your skill set. And what you're trying to do is just bring change to an organization for the better. So when we're talking about this, you know, it sounds like it's a shift in a culture. It's a shift in thinking. It's a shift in how leaders present something new, right? As we all know, change is always constant. So, you know, in your experience with the three different industries, which industry do you think is the hardest to, or the most challenging or the most rewarding to implement that type of a mindset? Um, how have you like overcome those challenges? How did you kind of get buy-in from all levels of leadership, all levels throughout the org? Like, can you share some like key takeaways for our audience on, hey, what you're mentioning is great. I have a similar skill set. I have a similar passion, but it may not be formally done in their org. So any key takeaways that you would want to share for our audience? So when you're you're telling me there are people out there in your audience that are frustrated by the fact that things aren't changing, is that what you're saying? That people need to know like a little bit of a like some get some help getting started? I think so. You know, whenever you're stuck in a rut, okay. it's hard to kind of get this wheel spinning. But sometimes you have that little push upwards and we'll get the momentum going, right? What I like to call is from that yeah. book, Good to Great, getting that flywheel started, getting it spinning so you can have that 1% improvement every day or every month, right? Because if you get those incremental improvements, I think you will have more sustainable success and hopefully everlasting business, right? I know things will change and you have to adjust, but you first need to have that culture. So how is how have you uh, kind of brought in leaders and all at, at different levels as well as individual contributors throughout the throughout an organization? Well, I, I was joking a little bit when and that, you know, there are there are people out there in every industry that are looking to, you know, unlock and get better and you know, people who have had ideas that just haven't had a place to go with them. But I like what you said and let's build off that concept of one percent because some people get worried about change being you know, these big things, these giant things that happen. And and certainly there are changes that are big. But one of the one of the the tenets of continuous improvement is that incremental change over time, that one percent change. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that is a, a great takeaway that people can walk away with is it doesn't have to be these big things. So small incremental changes 
coming from those frontline employees, right? The people that are closest to work. So that's like kind of the um, one of the key things is it, it you need top down support. You do need people that are going to sponsor from the top down. But at the same time, you have to get to the front lines, the people that are closest to the work, because those are the people that are going to have those ideas because they see it every single day. And you, when you go to them, don't look for the monumental change. Just look to change something even in that first interaction with them, and you're just going to get, get, it, um, get that ball rolling, that flywheel that you mentioned to say, okay, just one thing today, one change, and then one thing tomorrow. And eventually they're going to start making changes because they're not locked in anymore. They're not locked into the way way we've always done it, right? That as continuous improvement professionals will say, you know, that to us, that's that nails on the chalkboard. That's that thing we hate to hear. And if you can get people past that, you're going to get that flywheel started. No, that's great. I'm I'm glad to hear that they're is something that our audience can take away, which is that 1% improvement, getting buy-in from individual contributors, um, just making sure you have all of that. So what I would ask is then, what has been the most rewarding experience for you after you've been doing these 1%? It could be in your career, but it sounds like you apply this to life in general. So what has been the most rewarding experience after doing continuous improvement? Well... You know, I don't know if there's one, but I'll at least give you one. I'll give you an anecdote, and it's an, it's a theme really, or an example of a theme that you see. And I was in a I was in an event, a kaizen event, with a group of people, and and we we did some good work. We had some ideas come out of there. We made some changes. And a few days later, one of the individuals in the event, you know, kind of came into my office, and he goes, "Hey, I, I just found this other thing. I want to do it. You know, should we do it?" And I'm like. Yeah, go forth, like do great work. You should continue to do it. And that unlocking moment, that light bulb moment when people discover that, you know, some of the things they've been holding back or, you know, I can sometimes describe it as like a set of lenses that people are now putting on and they're seeing the world. For me, you know, I've had projects that have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars um, and nothing is more rewarding than just one individual flipping that switch because then they're going to look at the world differently the rest of their life they're going to find improvements in their personal life they're going to find it in their work life and they're they're hooked right in the same way to tie it back to my origin story um in the way that i was hooked um just from that single story in class no that's great and thank you for for sharing that guy um, so for our audience, this, this brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, Guy, for joining us during that insightful discussion around Happy to continu- be here. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for being here during that insightful discussion of continuous improvement. We hope this episode around culture hacking was beneficial. And as always, thank you for listening to Seamless Tactics. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and be sure to come back in the next couple of weeks for a discussion of change management. Until then, this is Wen, and don't forget, we're here to share best business best practices through storytelling. This, this podcast was created by TaylorMade Solutions. It was produced and recorded by Wen Tan, researched by Samantha Lenhart, and edited by Guy Copenheber. Seamless Tactics is a product of TaylorMade Solutions, and until next time, we'll, we'll hear back from you.